Welcome to Loaded and Rolling. I'm Thomas Watson, trucking expert here at Freight Waves, and super excited to be talking about Nicola. Uh, we're going to be welcoming on our guest. It is Christian Appel, Global Head of Product and Programs at Nicola. There's a lot of cool stuff going on, and uh, Christian, pleasure to get to talk to you. First, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi, everyone, and uh, thanks for having me today, Thomas. Um, so my role at Nicola is uh, the head of uh, product and programs, and I'm responsible for all of the product management, um, as well as execution of the vehicle programs and also the final validation, including uh, customer field tests. So I've been uh, with Nicola for a while. I actually started my career at Bosch and started working with Nicola in 2017 while I was still at Bosch. Um, and we did a lot of work together. And then ultimately in uh, 2020, I took the role as the chief engineer for the fuel cell truck program and pretty much um, executed the whole program up to the launch um, end of last year. And it's super exciting because, you know, we're talking about changes in trucking, changes in transportation. And looking at Nikola and what you're all doing, especially with this fuel cell program, tell us a little bit about what makes it different compared to OEMs, your internal combustion engines, what everyone else is working on. Yeah. Well, at Nikola, we have been all about decarbonizing this industry from the beginning. And so when we took on this challenge, we really wanted to develop products, both battery electric and fuel cell electric, that can meet the challenging demands and exceed the requirements for these heavy-duty applications. Um, and so when we developed our products, we did that with having always the applications front and center in mind. And it wasn't just a retrofit program or an afterthought to, a, to an ICE um, truck development, but we really developed all of the systems uh, from the beginning tailored to this application. And so if you think about our zero emission powertrains, the propulsion system, battery electric and fuel cell electric, um, all of these components um, were developed together with partners in many cases um, for this application. And it, we optimized it for these applications and really integrated the system and optimized the system as a whole. And that goes for things like the thermal system, the cooling system, especially for the fuel cell system. And for you know one of the most important things our control software the vehicle controls and specifically the energy management and i think it's fascinating i got to go to a launch and ride in a nicola day cab at covenant uh, a few while back and it was cool because the only thing you could hear was the system the fans uh, because the batteries like to have that goldilocks range and you know is that when you're talking to other folks about the, these changes uh, is that a huge radical departure? Because even the powertrain itself is very radical compared to what's been around for the past hundred years, where an engine and drive shaft and everything else. Yeah, that's a very good point, Thomas. The um, noise—that's um, something that our drivers and the fleets really appreciate. How quiet these vehicles are. Um, in the battery electric uh, truck, is is even a bit quieter than than the fuel cell electric truck. Um, for the fuel cell electric truck, there's a little bit of noise by the fuel cell, the air noise um, through the air compressor and then the exhaust, but it's still very minimal. And really the, the biggest noise emission comes from the cooling fans if you're in a very hot environment. 
Um, but that's certainly something that the drivers specifically appreciate, not only the noise, but also the um, the comfort level in the cab. There's no no rattle and, and also no fumes that they're exposed to all day. And so that's something that as we go to fleets and we do demos or even just show the truck um, in, in events, uh, that's something that we always get comments on and compliments on. And if you you know, combine that with the performance that we're able to achieve with these trucks. Um, I would say that's that's a great experience overall. And before we hit performance and range, I do think that's a fascinating thing, the noise aspect, because uh, a lot of other media outlets report uh, noise pollution. The reason the challenges, even with trucks, is because uh, I, I live next to a location and I can hear the truck about 300 feet away idling. And so I think that's a really cool thing that y'all are working on is not only being able to have that uh, new powertrain, that new technology, but also the fact that you're removing the noise aspect for, you know, driver quality of life. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's a very good point and, and sometimes maybe underestimated. Um, the life of a driver is already very challenging. There's lots of things that the driver has to take care of besides the driving itself. Um, and even if you think about the driving part, um, it can be very challenging. Um, I, I can speak for myself. I recently acquired my CDL and I have a whole another level of appreciation, I have to say, ever since I've been out on the road with the trucks, not only on test tracks, of what the drivers have to go through every day. And if we can just make that workplace a little bit better by taking out the, the constant noise that's ringing in the ears. And as I mentioned, also the rattle um, from the engine or the, the constant exposure to the fumes, especially operating in ports, uh, then I think that that's a very, very valuable aspect besides the fact that we're, as stated before, we're all about decarbonizing and getting rid of the you know local emissions in operations of the trucks. Um, but that factor is, I would say, a second, uh, you know, a close second in terms of the value that we're bringing with our products. I always think it's one of those things when we talk about decarbonization, just stand around an idling tractor trailer for a little while and you'll be a real big fan of the green energy movement after smelling some of the fumes. Uh, let's dive into range because right. it's a huge aspect is the, the range of these things. And I'm, I'm fascinated because every time I get to check in on the tech, the range is getting better and better with the battery technologies and innovation. Uh, for fleets and, and such, what is the current range capability? And then what are some of the benchmarks and goalposts that we want to see uh, moving forward for range? Yeah, uh, excellent question. So based on the two products we have, or I should say the two variants of a product, we have one platform, one zero emission platform, and then we have the battery electric and the fuel cell electric powertrain system. The battery electric uh, truck version has a range up to 330 miles. That obviously always depends on the application, where you're running, what's your payload and so on. And the fuel cell electric truck has a range of up to 500 miles. Um, and that is with 70 kilograms of hydrogen on board. Both of these trucks are classified in the regional um, market, um, urban applications, strange applications and so on. Um, and obviously, there's a little bit of a differentiation um, with the fuel cell truck and the 500 miles of range. When you're asking for goalposts, we believe that that range uh, meets most of the uh, uh, requirements of most of the applications in the regional uh, day cap market. The battery electric truck is very well suited for uh, applications that run a little less 
mileage every day, you know, up to 250 or 300 miles, as I mentioned, um, urban distribution, drayage applications. Um, but with the fuel cell, we really do the next step um, and just uh, enlargen the market that we can address uh, with this day within the daycap applications. And, you know, daycap applications and last mile, it's a crucial part of the supply chain. Uh, I usually talk about middle mile because we're talking full truckload. But yep. when we're looking at the technology behind it, uh, either refueling, recharging, is that something as well that the innovations are working on? I hear about, you know, I can fast charge my cell phone, but as we're working for the tractors, do we eventually have the fast charge technology or is it more a matter of I've spoken to some folks that say you have to wait for the right time if you want to save money on your electric cost and there's a certain strategy involved? Yeah, that's a very complex topic overall, I would say. Um, currently in our product, we've implemented 350 kilowatt of charging capability. Um, there's obviously lots of work being done in the industry um, in terms of megawatt charging. Um, so you're pushing charging rates to about 1C um, based on battery capacity um, or even beyond that. Um, and there's always the need then for the infrastructure to support that. And that can be a challenge for a truck. I mean, we're talking about charging rates that are much, much higher and much more overall energy throughput um, for an electric class A truck compared to a passenger car, for example, or light duty applications. So there's a lot that needs to be considered in terms of the energy cost, um, the infrastructure that's required um, on the other side, not only the truck, but the charging infrastructure um, and the electrical requirements and the feed and so on. Um, and then also, how do we time it? Yeah. And if you have multiple trucks coming in around the same time to charge, um, then we have to talk about how can we schedule that. So there's a lot of good work happening, and we're definitely pushing the boundaries here. Um, again, we believe that we have a great product out there um, that's able to um, you know, meet a lot of the requirements in many applications, but not, not all of them. And that's where the hydrogen fuel cell technology comes in, because with that, um, with the product we have out today, we can refuel uh, the truck completely within 20 minutes or less. And that always, again, depends on the other side. So obviously, the dispenser, the hydrogen refueling station, needs to have the capability to provide the right flow as well uh, to refuel. But that's something we can achieve today. And that means you can replenish a uh, range essentially of 500 miles within 20 minutes. And now we are talking same, you know, similar ballpark than what diesels do today and typical break times as well for refueling. Um, and you can really play in the same league um, as diesel trucks today. And I think that's important to acknowledge what the requirements are and how, you know, logistics and fleets run uh, their operation today. And as we move forward, we will obviously push further and innovate further. We're engaged in uh, industry consortiums to develop hardware for even faster refueling times. Um, and we're also engaged in all of the standardization efforts, for example, with SAE and also ISO to uh, develop the protocols and the advanced communications that's needed to achieve even faster refueling times on the hydrogen side. And uh, let's talk about the technology behind it. I think it's fascinating because now I've seen natural gas parcel trucks like local UPS vehicle or something like that. But how does the hydrogen work? Is it just the hydrogen? And then is the byproduct like water? Does the hydrogen fuel a powertrain? Let's dive into that a little bit. 
Yeah. So we have um, hydrogen in gaseous form on board um, that needs to meet a certain purity level, um, the hydrogen, uh, to work in a fuel cell application. If you compare that, for example, to an hydrogen ice, um, the purity level can be a little bit lower. Um, and then what happens is, uh, so we refuel into the truck either from a liquid storage or a gaseous storage, but the storage in the truck is a gaseous 700 bar. 10,000 PSI. Um, and then from there, we feed the hydrogen into the fuel cell, the fuel cell system. And the fuel cell system consists of a fuel cell stack um, and then all of the other components around, what we call the balance of plan, um, that is required to run the fuel cell and the fuel cell stack and to feed the hydrogen in and to feed the air in. In the fuel cell stack, we have multiple fuel cells stacked up, and each of those cells essentially creates an electric potential by feeding in the hydrogen on the one side and essentially the air on the other side. Um, and then we have the electrochemical reaction and ultimately the electron transfer that creates that potential. And then all of these plates in series create then a potential of between 350 or 400 volts or a little bit more um, to then create the electrical energy that gets fed through uh, DC-DC converters into our high voltage power net in the vehicle. And as a byproduct, really, every you know all that, that gets created is water. So oxygen and hydrogen together, we create water. And then the water and water vapor and rest of oxygen and a little bit of rest of hydrogen then gets emitted through the exhaust system. That's fascinating. So it's an electric reaction. You, you have uh, air as the intake, feeding with hydrogen, working with the plates, and then it generates electricity and outputs water. That's right. That is simplified. fascinating. <laughs> simplified. I always think, you know, because we talk about the vehicles and, and uh, I know with batteries, you have battery electric, you have the, the blocks and then it's generating it yep. the powertrain. But I was curious with that, you know, and I think that uh, it's hydrogen is fascinating because uh, I talked with Alan Adler at Truck Tech talking about these various yep. types. They're very safe. He talked about his experiences at GM. You know, I think that's one of the, the interesting things with the market is finally folks are embracing this technology. Yeah, I'm, we're very happy that the industry and the market overall is uh, pushing into the direction very much now. When we got started on this years ago, uh, there wasn't many supporters, I would say, and many followers um, to push this hydrogen fuel cell technology into this market. But by now, I think it's fair to say that all of the major OEMs or most of the major existing OEMs and as well as new players are pushing into this market with this technology. And, and one of the most fascinating things for me is when I think back on the first ACT Expo, for example, I attended, or even events like CES, um, where, you know, hydrogen fuel cell trucks really didn't play a role. And now you go to these events and it seems like it's all about that, right? Um, and, and I think that's great because it does take a village to, um, you know, in an effort like this and to decarbonize the whole sector. Um, and I think we have to, you know, collectively throw everything we have at it uh, to, to, to achieve our goals here. Um, and that will come with technology advancements as well as, um, you know, support uh, from, from governments and legislation. And ultimately, it also needs acceptance and, and adoption from the customers and the fleets out there. I think it's it's really great to see the innovation because I remember the last big innovation I heard was we got rid of lead and gasoline. So that was a nice big innovation. Unleaded fuel really helped out, by the way, when you're breathing that stuff in. But uh, let's talk about <laughs> capabilities, uh, hauling yep. rate. So you have this new technology. Naturally, people are going to ask, 
how much can I haul with it? And so what what are we looking at, especially for these applications? Are we on par with maybe the full gamut of what, uh, you know, like 45,000 pound trailer? Or, or is this something where we are seeing adjustments as the tech is maturing? Right. So, I mean, first of all, our trucks are released for a gross combined weight rating of 82,000 pounds. That's the 80,000 pounds federal. And then accounting for the 2,000 pounds exemption that we have on a federal level for the battery electric truck. Um, and then by state for, I think, five states also for the fuel cell electric truck. Um, when we then talk about the payload capability, um, and accounting for that exemption, then we're still falling a little short compared to a diesel day cap, meaning our tractor weight is still higher compared to a diesel truck, um, a day cap truck. Um, and weight is definitely something as we move forward and looking into ongoing development programs and future programs, uh, we will work on very hard to get that weight down and ultimately get truly to a parity with diesel. Um, in the beginning, when you introduce this technology, those are, I would say, very normal uh, topics you have to deal with and challenges where we have to continue to innovate to just get on par. So um, for the time being, we're falling a little bit short. The fuel cell truck is much lighter compared to the battery electric truck. Um, that goes for, for our truck as well as um, other trucks that are out there. So we're pretty... Um, satisfied with the performance today, but it's not where we stop. We will push it further and we really want to get to, to parity or better um, compared to diesel. And I think it's fascinating because the diesel engine has a hundred year head start. We've had this situation, uh, you know, we've matured. I think it's fascinating the very early uh, vehicles, they were battery ones in the early 1920s that were yeah, developed right. and they just kind of didn't go anywhere because oil and hydrocarbons kind of took over uh, the situation. Yep. Uh, look at the feedback, customer feedback. I remember even uh, last time I went up there, early feedback I received, even from the Covenant folks, was that their customers were super excited, uh, especially as they were trying to do their carbon goals. Uh, as, you know, looking forward to today, what are what are some of the feedback you're getting from not only shippers, but also carriers? Yeah. I usually like to um, reference a situation here. Um, not only what we, the feedback we get, from customers, but just, I would say, random feedback when we're out there with the trucks. Um, and I'm going to talk about the customers here in a second too, but um, when we're out there, for example, and, you know, driving the truck and on a test trip or something, and we um, take a break at, at a truck stop, um, you always have truckers come up to the truck and they're very curious what, what this is. And what's interesting is a lot of people already know what we're about. They know us, they know our trucks, and they know actually more about the technology than you would maybe imagine. But um, then their feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. Everyone's excited about this. And we already talked about some of the aspects why earlier on with the comfort level and the noise and so on. And they really recognize that the drivers do. And they, they see these trucks and they see them live and in person and they're truly excited about it. And, and they're excited that we're currently in this time where we see such a degree of innovation um, in this industry. And it's similar for all of our customers. So we've run a lot of demos with customers. We've obviously sold a lot of trucks to customers, both the battery electric truck, as well as um, the fuel cell electric truck that started in Q4 last year. And we delivered 35 trucks there. Um, 
which is pretty much everything we could produce. We we produced 42 trucks, but seven went into internal testing. Um, and for these 35 trucks, um, they went to uh, also some major fleets that we've been working with for a while, like Biagi Brothers. Um, and the feedback has been has been great. Um, they appreciate the performance of the truck. Um, and we talked about range already, but we haven't really talked about um, performance as an acceleration and so on, which is really helpful. Um, the benefit we have over diesel truck there, when you think about situations in traffic, on-ramp, off-ramp, um, you can just more dynamically flow with the traffic and that's appreciated as well. Um, but again, a lot comes from the drivers, um, the fleet operators, um, they're happy with it too. Um, uh, and at the end of the day, it comes down to reliability and the product needs to work and it needs to work in the applications. Um, and that's what we're working together with the fleets. Um, we want to have a great product that does what it needs to do um, while improving uh, the workplace of the drivers tremendously. I was the best feedback I received from the driver I rode with. He said you could theoretically drag race with it because of the torque and how it was able to accelerate. And uh, you're completely right. There's a little crowd of drivers at the terminal in the shop. They're all just checking it out. So I think it's a great thing to see because, you know, looking forward to it, convincing them the quality of the ride really felt like for drivers one of the big deals because like you said depending upon the make and model of the oems that are using internal combustion you can have a really rough ride uh let's talk a little bit about uh the fleet owner uh we've also talked a little bit about the fleet owner experiences of course but industry-wide are there particular industries that are showing more interest in having these uh you know the zero carbon carbon neutral decarbonization efforts compared to others I think that's a very good question. And I think we need to talk about certain industries and certain locations and geographics. We know that obviously California is pushing very much um, in these efforts and is providing uh, good incentives, um, point of sale incentives um, on a state level. And there's actually additional incentives also on, on county or city level. Um, and that's extremely helpful uh, to push the adoption rate for the fleets. Um, so that's a very good climate for us, um, a very good area for us. And that's why a lot of our strategy for this year in particular is around California, as well as Canada, which is another very, very important region for us and where we get a lot of support um, from, from the uh, legislative side. Um, when we think about applications or industries, I would say, there's definitely a huge interest in drainage applications for some of the reasons we already talked about. Um, so that's a lot of interest we're getting for, um, for from that industry um, and from these applications. Uh, but then there, there's applications really all across the board because there's a lot of companies that are driving for the decarbonization. They have ESG goals um, and they're working with all of their partners, their shippers, their fleets they're utilizing uh, to achieve those. And so it's interesting to see that um, it really comes from all areas. There's, there's beverage hall and grocery uh, stores, um, you know, steel hauling. Uh, there's so many different applications where we see interest coming from. And I think that's great to see that it's not only one particular industry um, that's that's pushing. I would really say it's it's across the board. I think that's one of the really cool things I was talking about, folks. And it felt like speaking to the trucking companies as well, it almost felt like they could get more business in and expand their business because now they're not just a regular trucking company that I need to figure out your scope three emissions. Now you're providing something different by adopting this equipment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
looking ahead, uh, we've got a little bit of time left here uh, for the future, um, you know, growth as well. Having the short haul, the day cab, uh, I love the cab over as well, kicking it back old school, like the 70s. I have a random question, though. Yard movers, they are a little bit different in their design, but is that a potential door? Because every large shipper I see has the little yard jockeys moving around. And I feel like yeah. if you have one of those net zero kind of one of those battery electric options, it's a lot easier than dealing with your typical diesel one they'll tear up and, you know, go away. Right. I do agree. I think that's a great application for specifically battery electric. Um, and there are players and companies out there that provide solutions for electric yard movers. Um, and I think it's a great application. Um, looking specifically in the future for us, um, it, it's probably not one of the areas that we are very much pushing into. Um, what we're all about um, as we launched this fuel cell truck is really providing solutions um, for the larger industry. And obviously, one segment we're not really addressing right now with the solutions is going into long haul um, and, and sleeper applications. And that's for sure is something that in the future we, we will take a look at and see how we can you know, mature um, our products and continue to innovate to enlarge the addressable market and really provide solutions across the board um, and for the whole industry. So if anything, then that's what I would say looking into the future and specifically for, for us at Nikola. I'm super excited to see as you guys continue to mature the technology, uh, you know, especially for applications, it's the right place to be. Long haul is such a different beast that I feel like that's uh, definitely going to be a unicorn down the road right now when you have compared to short haul applications, which the models are changing. i uh, got about a minute left here. Uh, folks want to learn a little bit more, get in contact, check out what Nikola's offerings are. What's the best way to find out? Well, I think we uh, we relaunched our uh, website not that long ago. There's a lot of great information that you can find there. Um, we're also out there. Um, obviously, our sales team is out there, but also our product team is out there. We're participating in a lot of the industry shows. We're going to be at uh, TMC. We were in CES. We're going to be at um, ACT. And uh, we usually try to uh, bring our products to these kind of shows because that's what we're about. This is real. It's not a test. It's not a science project. We're out there. We're selling trucks. They are available. And we want you to have a look at them. We want you to ride in them. We want you to drive them and see for yourself. It's not about me being here and um, talking about it, even though I love doing that. But it's about, you know, getting people into the trucks and getting the trucks on the road and getting the trucks to haul freight and do their jobs. Seeing and experiencing is believing. Christian, thanks so much for your time. Looking forward to further developments. Thank you so much. That's going to be a wrap for this show. But if you're just joining us, it'll be on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. We also have a newsletter Thursdays at 2 p.m. Join us next week, 2 p.m. We'll do it live.